welcome into the Gnome Boys, episode four. Matt Hambich here with Dirk and Neil. And first time having a guest on, we've got our good friend Chris. Same Chris who does our or did our music intro and outro. Chris, happy to have you on here. I'm happy to be here. I, I can't wait to get into it with you guys. Good, good. Should be a fun episode. We've got a fictional villain draft coming up in just a little bit. That'll be the highlight of the episode. But first, NFL playoffs are still going strong, so we've got to at least cover that briefly. I know our resident Packer fans are eager to move past this one a little faster than normal after the Bucks took down Green Bay 31-26. So Dirk and Neil recording here on a Tuesday, two days after the game. How are we feeling at this point? You just play some sad music for us. Yeah. If we get one of those drops, that'd be nice right now. Kuna hit us with a sad song. <laughs> um. I mean, I can say the same for Dirt too. Watch the whole game start to finish. It, it sucks. I mean, it was nice. To, it was a competitive game. When we were down, I think, 18 at one point, it was getting a little, little shaky there. But, I mean, came back, and I don't know. It sucks. Lost the last four NFC championships. Yep. Not not much more yeah, to I'd say. Yeah, I'd say four out of the last seven years lost in the NFC championship. <clears throat> it's unfortunately becoming a theme that is a very sucky theme. And I mean, there's just Tom Brady, the goat, I suppose. It just is, it just sucks even more to lose to him. Dirk, I think you sent to me a Wikipedia page for the Green Bay yep. Packers. If you want to, what, what did it say again? Yeah, it was a good dig. It was like the NFC championship game <clears throat> where teams come to lose to the Green Bay Packers, or excuse me, to beat the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> And that was a nice shot that has been pretty accurate over the last handful of years. Yeah. I mean, as, as a Vikings fan, I don't have too much footing to stand on, if, if any at all. <laughs> so it's kind of sad when one of my biggest, biggest uh, joys of the season are watching the Packers lose versus the Vikings win. But not, <laughs> not sure it'll matter too much in the end. I mean, so moving to the AFC, Chiefs just rolled right along yet again, 38-24 over Buffalo. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just on another planet. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, why even try to guard them at this point? They're just going to do what they want at will. So we'll do a little preview in a couple weeks right before the game. But Chiefs, Bucks, Chiefs opened at minus three initially. What are some initial early thoughts on on the big game? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the protege versus the legend. It's going to be fun to watch for sure. I think it really is going to come down to Watching the the Buccaneers versus the Packers, that defense, I mean, you knew they were solid, but they are so damn good. They're flying around. I know they had some injuries in that Packers game, but that's going to be fun to watch. Mahomes versus that defense. It's, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'll be honest with the Chiefs-Bills. I was just so pissed that I didn't even watch that game. I mean, I followed on my phone, <laughs> yeah. but it's like I, I just I just I didn't have it in me to watch it afterwards. Uh, yeah. I have yeah full intentions watching that Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a fun one. I think there should be a lot of scoring. Like we said, that that Tampa D was, was looking good. But, yeah, I think it should be a fun one to watch. It'd be no stress on Packer fans, I guess. So that's that's one plus to look yeah. at. Kuno, who are you rooting for? Uh, I, I hate to say it. I think I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I think ever okay. since we left college, I think I can get behind the Chiefs a little bit now. <laughs> Shout uh, out, Willie. Yeah, I, I, just, I just couldn't do it in college because <laughs> Willie just – you just can't give that to him. But but one other thing I wanted to say is uh, I, you picked a great week for me to be on because 
I've, I've rooted for the Vikings for a handful of years, but, but ever since going to school in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, I've been more of an anti-Packer fan than a Vikings fan. And <laughs> I just wish I could have watched this with all my in-laws in Wisconsin this weekend and watched the look on their faces. It was, it was a great experience watching with my wife, Mary, though. That's for sure. Shout out, Mary. It's, yeah. uh, it's a sad week for sure. All right. Well, next or two weeks from now should be a little happier with no emotional ties on the line. Um, but we'll probably have one of our other friends, Jared on for that one, big football guy, big sports guy. So that should be a fun, fun week for us. So then let's just move into the main event. We're doing, like I said, a fictional villain draft. We'll quickly go over the ground rules, what kind of settings we set up for this and we'll just get right to it. So we're doing just a standard snake draft. Uh, we determine the order just before we started recording here. So it's going to be Dirk, Matt, Neil, Chris, and then obviously Snake reverses that order each round. Uh, we're doing five characters, one each from a book, movie, and TV, and then two wild cards. Do some you know discussion on the picks, maybe some thoughts or strategy behind when you took this character or that character, normal draft stuff. We'll get into it. We'll discuss if we think someone made good picks, maybe someone reached a little bit, and we'll rehash at the end. And with that, Dirk, round one, pick one. Where are you going? I got to say, this is maybe the first good news I've had since the Packers game. Got the first pick of the draft. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my book character out of the way. I'm going to take Dolores Umbridge. Oh, uh, you. Ooh, okay. I like to think you take that and to spite me, but I wasn't going to take her. Maybe it was a little two for one shot at you and Neil. What do you think about that? Amber? I'm going to have to switch up a little some of my villains here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> I picked Umbridge, as I'm sure a lot of listeners uh, already feel the same way. <clears throat> She's clearly a true villain. She's power hungry, sadistic petty, spiteful, vindictive. I mean, you name it. She, she has all the qualities. Uh, one thing that I, I think really stood out to me that I, I, or I should say a reason why I had her as number one in, in the books was that she doesn't have a love life. So she doesn't, she doesn't really go about her story or her character arc worried about what literally anybody else is thinking. It's all about umbrage and that's it. Um, so, you know, she has just some examples. She has to persuade the Minister of Magic um, to pass the ed- educational decrees that allow her to interfere at Har- Hogwarts. Um, she, keeps thing- she then keeps things secret from the minister. She later in the books, obviously, is working for Voldemort's ministry, lying about her family heritage um, in order just to climb the ladder in Voldemort's eyes. And just really in the end, <clears throat> her main purpose and what sticks out to me is just she has deep-seated prejudices against absolutely anybody that isn't umbrage and that to me it's like reading reading the books and then even watching the movies it's it's you see her you hear about her and it's like man she is just the worst in every way possible um she's she's the perfect villain in, in my eyes it's a it's a strong pick off yeah the top. I'm, I'm right i'm uh, i'm right with you there he, she was gonna be my number one pick um but you you uh took that away from me she's just someone like a couple of mine here are ones that I love to hate. She's just one that I hate to hate. Where you, just, you can't stand her, whether yeah. it's the the movie or the book. There, just whatever she's does, it's just frustrating and annoying, and it just doesn't know why she does have the stuff. And 
like you kind of mentioned, it's just her, I feel like she's kind of like weaseled her way through the ministry and just kind of has an abuse of power at this point at Hogwarts. I'll I'll never forget reading the books for the first time. 13, 14 year old me, whenever I read that one, got to the part where she made the rule that the kids couldn't play Quidditch that year. (laughs) I was just, just (laughs) deeply upset by that. And she's, and, and like you said, she's, she's someone you, you don't love to hate her. You hate to hate her. She's she's just the worst. And and Kunai, I felt the exact same way. And I think what really solidified it for me, I know I picked her as the book villain, but when I got same hatred came back from the books when I read them when I was younger, it's like, Oh, great. Here she is. Here she is all over again. And it's just, yeah, yeah you hate to hate her. Since she was on my list, I was doing a little uh, research on here, but I guess there's a quote, I guess in 2013 of Stephen King saying that uh, she was one of the greatest fictional villains since Hannibal Lecter. So, I mean, from, I feel like from Stephen King, that's a, that's a pretty good way to go about. For sure. High praise. All right. Two, yeah. uh, two things I forgot to mention actually off the top. Um, potential spoiler warning for any of these characters. We'll try not to spoil the big stuff, um, but no promises. If we're getting to a point, we'll try to announce it. But I'm getting the sense that we probably won't be spoiling much for people. They're probably going to be fairly well known, but just something to keep in mind. And then for villains or characters that cross mediums, so Umbridge is a great example. Now that Dirk took her for the book, she's off the board. You can't take her for the for a movie. Same thing goes for, you know, Voldemort, for example, or anyone else that goes from movie to TV or movie to book, whatever it might be. All right. So Dirk, Dolores Umbridge, number one pick. I'm going to follow suit with a, with my book character. Not very high on my overall board, but my book roster was much shallower than my movies and TVs. So I want to make sure I get my number one pick. I think it'd be safe if I left it, but I'm just going to play it safe anyway. I'm taking Amy Dunn from Gone Girl. Have any of you guys read that book? Yeah. I'm so mad at you right now. It's a great, that's a great pick. Doesn't yeah. feel good, does it, Dirk? That's <laughs> a very good pick. <laughs> and it certainly doesn't feel good, boys. Let me tell you. I mean, she's she's such a good character. I mean, she fakes her own disappearance slash murder, framing her husband who had been cheating on her. She sets up a scavenger hunt to expose him just piece by piece. Incredible. Um, she's smart she's twisted she i mean she kind of gets away with it depending on how you how how you see the ending her last move i won't necessarily spoil that part but if you remember how the book or the movie ends they get the same get the big picture pretty pretty close together is especially i guess dastardly if if you want to call it that and gone girl is still one of my favorite books that i've read in the last five ten years whenever it came out Great book. Um, movie's good too, but again, specifically taking the book version of Amy Dunn. Just a, just a great character. And I mean, it helps that her husband's kind of an idiot, but I mean, just the, the way she methodically plans basically every little step, changes it along the way. She cuts no corners, has no hesitancy to do anything really to, to get it done. And very happy to get her as my number one pick. Now I'm just free and clear rest of the way. Just, just have some fun. Just take wh- whoever whoever follows me in the draft. I love it, Hambo. And I honestly had her in the book category, film category and wildcard category, because like, like you said, she, she's a, a perfect villain. She, in a way, I think reminds, reminds me of, of a Hannibal Lecter. You know, she, she doesn't care about anyone at all in, in her life, her ex-boyfriend, her naive neighbor, Ben, 
Ben Affleck, I should say, in the movie, or or Nick, the character. <clears throat> she's she's great as as a villain. Yeah, like her whole plan that just she gets it just near to perfection. You know, she gets she gets the sympathy card. She gets the guy who she wants to get in trouble nearly in trouble and not only him but it's you kind of got to appreciate the whole elaborate plan that she had and how she went about it any any villain who uses scavenger hunts as part of their schemes has my respect so <laughs> for sure so I and i will say really quickly after what neil said just echoing that any villain that even for a temporary amount of time although with her it's more i guess spoilers here but it's more of a permanent thing any villain that's victorious in their plan is is incredible and she was very victorious so good for her all right neil you're up all right so you know my number one's off the board already with dolores so hopping down number two here also will be my number one though i'm gonna go a tv show i'm gonna go tv show dexter with the trinity killer also aka arthur mitchell I see Fantastic some more middle fingers from Dirk, so I'm assuming it's another pick from <laughs> that him. was the one I, I told Neil <laughs> offline really quick. Um, I told Neil offline there's one category, one character I knew he had, and it was Trinity Killer. I knew it. That one, I would bet um, he was somewhere on all four of our boards. Uh, he has to be. Any, I mean, anyone who's watched it. So, like, season four was the first season of Dexter that I actually watched. And that's what kind of got me into it. Um, I didn't watch one through three until after that. But I I mean, obviously, yeah, Dexter's a great character, but knowing that they have villains like that in the show has really kind of got me hooked to it. He's he's someone who had like skills that kind of matched up to Dexter in a way. So that yeah, made it good as well. And the way he just recreated his murders, like he had like uh, unfortunate deaths in his family younger on, and he used those. I guess, as his uh, kills later on in life and kind of went through the same cycle. Uh, As I read more about it, apparently his character was based off a real serial killer, which I had no idea about that either. But yeah, outside of that, he kind of portrays this perfect life. So he's not noticeable or no one thinks anything of it until, you know, he strikes. It's a great pick, Neil. I I did consider Trinity for my list, uh, but I'm actually not that upset. He, d- he didn't quite crack my top five, <laughs> but, but uh, season four of Dexter to me is the best season out there. And, and for sure. he's, I couldn't agree more. I think what, what drew me to him um, for, for a villain pick is that he, you know, he, that, that season could have ended a lot earlier but Dexter kind of saw him as a figure that like a support figure in a way he could go to him for advice. Um, and so I think he, he really is a, a perfect villain, especially for a TV show. Like that. All right. I think we can move on. Chris first pick. All right. Well, I absolutely needed, and uh, I get to pick them both right now. I would say these are my top two overall. Um, I will start with professor. James Moriarty uh, from Sherlock. Um, I absolutely love Moriarty. I, I really like just super charismatic, really smart villains in general. And he's the perfect, perfect matchup against, against Sherlock. Always just messing with him. He, he does and says outrageous things. Uh, and, and yeah, he's, he's super cool. 
I have a couple of quotes I, I prepared from him that I think it's pretty uh, that encapsulates uh, what he's all about. Um, my favorite one is in a world full of locked rooms, the man with the key is king, and honey, you should see me in a crown. He's just he's just outrageous and 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 uh. all right. Uh, the second one is because it's not the fall that kills you, Sherlock. Of all people, you should know. It's never the fall. It's the landing. He's just he's just so goofy and ridiculous, but he's a genius at the same time and just makes So are you <clears throat> picking T V character then? That yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't specify okay. he is yes, I, I suppose I could I could pick him from a, a lot of different wow. things. Yeah, it could be anything. But yes, he's he's a he's for he's from T V. Um Anyways, uh, okay. okay. Go Just on. wanted to check if yeah, that was yeah. your <clears throat> wild yeah, card sure. or, or TV. That's good. No, it's it's a great pick. I was thinking about that too. Similar to your thoughts on Trinity Killer <clears throat> Kuna, he was he was gonna crack my top. I would say three or four, but I figured there's a couple different ones for me. Um, but he, I mean, he's solid. I love the quote too. That was great. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, moving on to my my second one. Uh, I think this will come as no surprise. Um, th- I'm gonna use a wild card pick here because I'm. It's also from TV, uh, and I I have to go with Ramsey Bolton from from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Terrible guess. Um. Again, just so so charismatic. He's. I love. I love to hate him. He's a character. Whenever he's on the screen, I, I can't get enough of him. And so many people can't stand him. He's just so evil. He he takes joy in all of his awful, awful things he does. But he just makes makes it so much better. Um, uh, yeah, so so a couple, couple quotes from him. Uh, what the classic one in Game of Thrones? If you think this has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Uh, that's that's Ramsay saying this to Theon as he's torturing him. Um, and then another another quote when he's torturing Theon is, "This isn't happening to you for a reason. Well, one reason I enjoy it. Uh, just yeah, he's he's just an evil evil guy. And, and then the last one also while he's torturing Theon, uh, those girls weren't lying. You had a good sized cock." what no pork sausage what you think i'm some sort of savage in that here he uh he he removed a certain body part from theon and uh was was very rudely eating a, a sausage in front of him making him think that he was eating something else but oh just love him yeah, Kuna. yeah. that was Ram- my uh... ramsey is great he was he was on my list a little further down but I knew you would probably snap him up pretty quick, so I didn't put too much stock into getting getting him for myself. Yeah, I had him as well, Kuna. <clears throat> Here's my second behind Trinity Killer, so my my TV is going to be lacking character here. But I, I completely agree, Kuna. <clears throat> I think he's he's similar in a way um, to Umbridge in a different way. He he's not loyal to anybody but himself because he's working himself up from the bottom. And so he, you know, he's handsome, determined, he's, he's very smart, cunning, good commander. And he just, like you said, he just doesn't get, doesn't care at all. He's just going to do whatever he wants. And, 
you, you hate to hate him when you see him on screen it's like oh some, something's gonna be happening here yeah i'll be honest I, I haven't finished game of thrones yet i think i'm in the middle of the second season but i, I need to hop back on that to, to get a full understanding of this character yeah just you wait no just you wait oh and don't worry we didn't we didn't give we didn't give uh, away there what, you. what yeah. you said doesn't surprise me anyway so you still got plenty to look forward to oh i know from the ramsey side at least yep for sure. So much. All right, so Chris is down TV and a wild card. Neil, what are you looking for, at for your second round? All right, I'm going to roll with book here. So, you know, I mean, outside the books from school, I mean, I'm not this huge book reader, so I was kind of limited on my knowledge of villains with books. Uh, this is a pretty common one everyone really knows. It's Gollum from Lord of the Rings. So when I was looking at him as a character, you know, the main story, there's, you know, the Fellowship of the Rings, they're trying to, you know, destroy it. And, you know, what Sauron who's trying to get it from them. And he's kind of like this third party guy who kind of has his own agenda. He acts like he might be helping either side, but he's kind of just doing things on his own. And not only does he have to want to get the ring, but he also has a, a battle within himself, but he's switching between Smeagol and Gollum. So that's kind of his own struggle he has to go through as well. But you gotta give him credit; just very pers- persistent is what he does and what he does through the whole Fellowship of the Rings. He spends his whole time following them, and then even in uh, Return of the King, follows them all the way to Mountain Doom, and then just comes out of nowhere and bites off Frodo's finger. So, I mean, you gotta appreciate that as well. Yeah, I've actually haven't read the books, Neil or, or sorry, Dirk or Chris. Have you guys read the books or just seen the movies? I've just seen the movies, which yeah, the movies are- as well. Yeah, and the movies are great. Most of them are great. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I think I think Gollum slash Smeagol is really, a really cool character, just driven by his obsession with the ring and is a pain in Frodo's side for the whole time. Yeah, I mean, he's not only frightening to look at, he's frightening to listen to as well. All right, so for my next pick, I'm going to go with my movie, I think. And this is probably as obvious of a pick as there is in this draft. I'm going Thanos. I am inevitable. The MCU Thanos. I mean, the, the dude's just just incredible. Wants to erase half the entire universe just because he thinks it'll bring balance. He just single-minded on, on his on his mission, doesn't let anything stop him. He's terrifying he kind of makes a good argument and it's not a guarantee, but anytime that the villain has a valid point, you're off to a good start of a good character. Not that that has to be a quality, like the Trinity killer doesn't have a good point. Um, But when, when the villain can make an argument for their plans, it makes it harder to root against them because you're trying to grapple with, well, what he's saying kind of makes sense. Should, we actually let him go through with this. Should we not? Same kind of deal with, with Killmonger and Black Panther. The idea is good. The execution is going about all the wrong way. And Thanos, I mean, he's not doing it for power. You know, when he snaps away everybody, at the end of Infinity War, he goes off and chills on a farm by himself. He doesn't try to become some grand leader. He just goes to live in, you know, solitary confinement, basically, on his own. And, you know, he's just... He's a terrifying villain. He's he's incredibly strong. He's powerful. 
He can basically do whatever he wants. And then he gets infinity stones and he becomes that much more powerful. He, he was a huge part of the MCU, you know, infinity saga closing out as strong as it did. You know, when you've got 20 plus movies, a decade of time spent with fans and people behind the scenes invested in that, in that single, you know, individual stories and overarching story as well, you've got to land the plane. And if you have a weak villain, can make it that much more difficult and he just knocked it out of the park so that 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 is my easy number one overall seed so i'm thrilled to get him right now yeah i can't can't complain with that i mean i've seen all the movies as well and just as a villain you know he's just kind of a very well-spoken guy you know he gets his point across and he does it in a way you know that convince you as an audience like hey maybe like this isn't such a bad idea like he's he's maybe he's not that bad of a guy and that's what kind of makes him a great villain is he convinces you that he's not when deep down, you know, you should believe that he really is. Yeah. I think it's a great pick. Um, I was, I was thinking a lot about the Marvel movies, thinking about this villain list. And, and uh, I, I feel like there's not too many Marvel villains that, that really, really stand out. Um, but he is the one that stands out and is an awesome pick. I, I love that he convinces you for a little bit that, he might be right and you're you're not sure and um and i think in infinity war he was just so such a force so dominant and you just you just it, it was hard rooting against him i, I totally agree yeah i i am excuse me admittedly i'm not a huge uh superhero or i guess you could say marvel fan yet i, I of course still watch the movies i just haven't you know gotten as into it but as I, as you both or all three of you have said, I, I echo it. It's it's a clear cut villain that you need. So I'm happy for you, Hambone, that you got it. Appreciate that. <laughs> all right, Dirk, you're at the turn. You got two picks coming up. All right, so I'm gonna go. I had to uh, think back here and see what everybody picked, trying to strategically get get the people I want. So I'm gonna go ahead um, and pick. Uh, my, my movie character, which is my number one. So I, I'm glad I got this. I'm going to go with Hannibal Lecter um, from Silence of the Lambs. And I'm picking him. Um, I mean, he, to me at least, he's the epitome of a villain. He, he, number one, is not boring at all. You see him on screen. And for me, it's like that you could argue, of course, he's not at all the, the villain or the antagonist of Silence of the Lambs. That's Buffalo Bill. But he, he comes on screen and it's like, well, this is just creepy. You can feel it in your bones. Um, but he's also like, he, there's something about him. He likes to amuse people. He has standards. He's the smartest person in the movie. It, it seems like, um, of course, Jodie Foster's in it as well. That's incredibly smart. But um, he's a cannibal. He's a serial killer. Uh, he, he, you know, mutilates people. He breaks out of prison. <laughs> you name it, he does it. He He's somebody that... Um, when you think of a movie and kind of going back to Amy Don Hambone, he, he's just the epitome of what, what a villain is um, in, in my mind. So I, I'm glad I got him. Uh, my number one movie pick, Hannibal Lecter. Nice pick, Dirk. I, I very much considered taking him early. He's, he's great. I, he's, and I, th- I, th- I think Anthony Hopkins just does such a good job. Sure. Him is just captivating watching him and, and just the conversations in that movie is what yep. makes the movie so good and him talking to uh, agent sterling in when he's in prison is is some of the coolest dialogue 
I've heard in any movie, honestly. For sure. I think for me that that was a big part was the actual um, portrayal of him. You know, he's like right up against the glass talking to her and it's like, all right, this freaks me out. Even though he's in prison, it's like, it's bone chilling, you could say. And so that's, that's what more than the actual character, I think you're right, Kuna, that the, the way that he was portrayed and, and played as an actor is just unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, to no, to no surprise to some people here, you know, with me in horror movies, I've not seen <laughs> Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> but I fully understand who this character is. Uh, I think with Anthony Hopkins, he just, I don't know what it is, but he has that, has that look that kind of works for a villain. I mean, I get it. If we go back to Marvel, you know, he plays Thor's dad as well. But as you know, a, is my understanding a cannibal serial killer, correct? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think it, yeah, it just works for the role. Neil, you you need to go watch it. It's 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 called a horror movie, but it's not a horror movie. It's a thriller. It's there are things I guarantee you've seen that are way scarier than this movie. You just remind me on Halloween. That's when I'm more uh, susceptible <laughs> to watching watching those movies. Will do. All right. All right. So- Dirk, next pick. Yeah, for my next pick, I'm going to go TV character. Um, and I'm going to pick Cersei from Game of Thrones. Power is power. And I'm going with her because I I, I kind of went back and forth on this and I, I got sold here um, somewhat last minute with her as an actual true legit villain. I think that she she's very underestimated and I definitely <clears throat> could see how you would you know, you could consider her maybe not a villain, but the more I thought about it and the more I I really kind of dug into it, she is 100% a villain. For example, she, she completely is about power and cares about herself. Of course, her family at times too, but just for example, the treatment of Tommen, her own son, she, she, as a seven, as Tommen, a seven-year-old, He's vomiting, crying at the sight of Tywin's decomposing body, and Cersei just visibly, or not visibly, verbally abuses and just calls him weak immediately. And it's like, all right, as a mom, you probably shouldn't do that. But that's, I mean, that's just one example. She then, and I guess, <clears throat> sorry to preface this, I should say some, some spoilers, of course. Um, but she later, later in the series and the books, she's sending people down to Quiburn just to, you know, be tested by him. And she then, just another example, she frames a 16-year-old girl, uh, Marjorie, and her younger cousins for adultery, incest, like you name it. She, she manipulates people, manipulates, um, what's his name, uh, Lancel. He's like 15 or 16 or something, sleeps with him, sleeps with him in order for her to, to get to where she you know, wants him to be. And, and he's just absolutely broken afterwards. Um, I mean, she is incest, incest left and right with her brother. It's just, there's so many different parts of her, I think as a character um, that really in the end does turn her into a villain. So I'm going with her as my TV villain. Very nice, Dirk. I I consider her a lot too. Um, If anyone's read my best Game of Thrones characters post on on news from the couch, I I had a lot to say about her, um, I think. And I got to be careful not to spoil this for Neil, but I think her motivation for- I think her, no, I won't Neil. I think her motivations are super clear right from the beginning is she's driven by power and, but, but she's, 
she's rationalizing as she's doing it all for her children the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as, as certain things take place later and things kind of go off the rails for her, she turns from this villain who's, who's annoying and, and we all don't like her to this, this just evil creature who's, who's now like threatening to get everyone killed in the whole world because of what she's doing. And, She's she's fascinating. I, I think she's super well written. Very a yep. very good villain. I think, and I, <clears throat> I agree with Kuna. I should have said I was. My examples are a little all over the place, but I'm I am trying to not spoil too much. Mostly for you, Neil. I, I don't think I did, but there, there, there's just so many different ways, like you said, Kuna, that she she's about power. She's about herself in a way and again her family a little bit too mostly jamie and you know so on and so forth but there's just so many ways where it's like this this woman is she's perfectly written and she really is she's just she does what she wants she, she sees an opportunity and she seizes it and i think that's a good good uh, characteristic of a villain yeah she's someone that is just so hateable with everything she does <laughs> and, and like neil said on earlier you hate to hate some of these people and i think it's a mark of a great character and a great actor with uh, lena haiti doing that that to get that sort of reaction to this fictional character that you're bringing to life that you just see cersei come on screen and you just get this like visceral reaction to see he's like i don't want to see you because you're going to do some horrible stuff i just know it and and she's just so captivating with everything she does and calculating with every decision she makes she's as much as I hate her, she's one of the best characters on Game of Thrones. Not even close to one of my favorites, not by a long shot, but definitely one of the best. She's she's kind of similar, Hamage. That just made me think. It, it, similar to um, what Chris was saying about Ramsey. You see him on screen, and it's like, well, something's going to be happening here. All right, moving on to my next pick. Um, I'm actually really liking how this is lining up for me. Um, kind of the people that I'm looking for feel pretty safe with i'm gonna go with my with a wild card pick take another movie character i'm gonna go alonzo harris training day denzel washington king kong ain't got shit on me the the corrupt cop and it's denzel playing the bad guy i mean what what more do you want he's always playing the good guys you know herman boone and remember the titans he's you know the, the soldier in glory he's a good cop and bunch of other movies i mean the guy knocks it out of the park with every single thing he does he won the oscar for this role deservedly so and he's just menacing and he's smart he knows what he's doing um don't want to spoil too much on this one i don't know if anyone if you guys have seen this one but the way they they set up some of the the dirty stuff the corrupt stuff that they do you know it's he's been there before something happens and he and he just jumps into cover-up mode he knows exactly you know steps a, B, C, D, all the way through Z to figure out how to how to get away with whatever scheme they're running next. And he, he's got whole whole blocks, whole neighborhoods just under his thumb. And I mean, Denzel is just a force to be reckoned with. And Alonzo Harris is, I think, one of the best just movie characters that I've ever seen. And he's just in, incredible. And I mean, Denzel is my favorite actor of all time, has been for a couple of decades probably. And, you know, gotta have some Denzel on my team. And when there's a villain, it's a villain draft, the roles are limited. So I had to scoop up Alonzo Harris. 
figured you'd take him, Hambage. I I think the first time I saw Training Day might have been with you in college. I I saw it later than I should have, and Alonzo Harris blew me away. That he makes is, sense. He is a boss and a scary dude, and yep. you just you, like like from kind of like aligning yourself with the main character and what he's experiencing. Uh, I can't remember his name, but uh, it you just you just feel. Jake. You feel what Jake's feeling the whole time, and Alonzo is is frightening in an awesome way. Yeah, I completely agree. I watched Train Day as well, coming out a little bit later. It was a little late, late to the party for sure. Although I, I know it's a little older movie, of course. Um, but but I think you nailed it. You, you both nailed it. He's he's a character that just right away he has he has charisma, he has confidence, and you're in a way kind of drawn to him. But then it is like he's he is such a big personality. You can kind of tell well he run he runs things, and you don't want to get on the wrong side of them. All right, that'll finish that up. Neil, you are up. Okay, I'm gonna hop over to my movie category here. So I was just kind of thinking a lot of you know the Disney movies from my from my childhood. When you think about it, there's a lot of even like the cartoon ones. There's a lot of messed up villains that has really messed up motives i mean you got ursula sid who's just blowing up toys for fun scar kills his own brother um this is one i haven't watched in a long time actually i'm gonna go with corella deville from 101 dalmatians so i mean just looking at her i mean she looks scary and she was just with her aggressive action she just gets what she wants she pushes her way through she has these henchmen who are convicts if i remember correctly just doing her dirty work for her she goes around stealing puppies and other animals just so she can skin them for her coats and rugs like i don't get out of here with that corella <laughs> like no no one wants any of that um i was looking up more about her name i mean if you put together the two parts of her last name deville it's devil so you pretty much have cruel devil as her name and apparently the uh, so Ville, the end of her name, the Dutch meaning of that in singular singular form, or no, Ville is the singular form in Dutch for villain, which means to skin in Dutch. So I don't know. I'm assuming that's intentional. I don't know if anyone is Dutch that kind of made that movie or what, but uh, either way, you know, it's it's not like she's doing this big old thing to, you know, end the world or anything. Yeah, I know Dirk loves the, the Dutch <laughs> reference there. Um, she's not doing this big thing to, you know, like ruin a country, ruin the world or anything like that. But anyone trying to kill puppies for any reason, let alone just for their fur to make coats, like, I'm not having that. Yo, bringing in the research on us. I don't think I would have added it if it wasn't for Dirk, because I know he I know he appreciated that. <laughs> A pollen hub, baby. I love it. But I, but I mean, I'm I'm with you completely. It's you start you start skinning dogs, drowning kittens. Like, what are we doing here, Corella Deville? Come on, they're just animals. They can't even speak. It's unbelievable. So yeah, that that she was on my list as well. That's a it's a great pick. Puppies too, let alone yeah, you know dogs. Doesn't yeah, doesn't even matter yeah, what the age of the of the animal. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I just remember as a kid. She she's one of the first most hateable characters you probably come across as a kid. Like you said, skinning puppies is, is not okay. I think 
and I had to do specify here. I didn't go, I went with the animated one, not the uh, re- live action. It was at Glenn Close, I think, played her. Um, but yeah, I'm going with the animated version just because, you know, the animated one makes her look more like a psychopath. All right, Chris. Back to All right. Back. All right, here we go. Um, my third pick is, uh, I'm going to use another wild card because we're going, we're going back to TV here. Um, and I, I don't know if, if um, how many of you three have, have seen this uh, or seen it all the way through to this point, but uh, I'm going to go with Negan from The Walking Dead. Um, it's going to be hard not to spoil stuff here. Uh, real quick, have you, have, who's seen The Walking Dead of you three? If any, I'm technically halfway through season three, but oh, I haven't man. watched an episode in, pro- in probably three years. Yeah, I, I started going to. Sure, sure. I so as well, and I've, I've heard such years. mixed things about the later seasons that there's some really good and some just really bad. I don't know that I'm gonna take the time to watch it. Sure. So I'm, I'm gonna be careful. Spoil nonetheless. away. Spoil yeah. away. No, I'm gonna be careful because I think. I, I, a lot of people say the show kind of gets worse around the time Negan gets introduced. And, and I actually, I really don't understand it. Um, I think Negan is one of the best villains I've ever seen um, to the best. It gosh, it's, it's way up there on one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen is, is a big part when we are actually first introduced to Negan. And I, and I don't want to give it away in case any of you see it because I, my my reaction was to this part was just as strong as to Ned Stark in Game of Thrones at the end of season one losing his life. It, it was it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, Negan Negan is, is very very similar to Ramsey. You're seeing a theme in my villains. Uh, he's so charismatic. He is as he's doing terrible things to people, he is cracking jokes and he's hilarious. So as you're watching him do horrible things to some of these characters you've grown to love, he's making hilarious jokes that you you want to laugh, but at the same time you're freaking out because something horrible is happening. Um, and I got, I'm going to hit you with another quote or two here. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right, we're going to start with, I wear a leather jacket. I have Lucille. Lucille's what he calls his spiked baseball bat that he, he beats people with. And my nut sack is made of steel. I'm not dying until I'm damn good and ready. Uh, he likes to ask people. He says, uh, I hope you got your shitting pants on right now uh, because you're, you're about to be shitting your pants, of course. Um, and then uh, I'll, I'll say one is kind of spoilery. I'm going to not say that one, but I'll say this. Uh, Lucille is thirsty. Again, this is the bat. She is a vampire bat, uh, as Lucille as b- the blood of your of some of your favorite characters on on her. He's he's cracking a joke relating her to a vampire. So he's wild. He's he's a wild ride. If if any of you make it there, uh, if you're considering watching the rest of it, he is the reason to do so. Um, best character in the show, uh, the villain, in my opinion. But anyways, sorry. Yeah. David. I have not watched the series. And I mean, unfortunately, kind of like most shows, a lot of people don't think the later seasons are as good at the beginning, but it doesn't mean the villains are bad in any sense. Uh, I can appreciate a villain who loves to crack some jokes and make me laugh as well. Kind of adds another element to it. So that that I can appreciate. All right. Yeah, I actually, I know the big one you were talking about. I, I know the character involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I can see where people who are watching the show from the beginning all the way through how that would just leave them stunned and just shocked. And anytime a, sh- a show goes for that, you know, kind of like Game of Thrones did, they'll, they'll just kill off anybody. So yeah, anytime but- a villain does come in with that kind of entrance there you gotta take notice in that moment i did not have my shit and pants on and it almost got real messy it was <laughs> it was uh gosh that was that was wild that was so wild um anyways all right i'll, I'll move on to a character everyone knows um and this is a this is a little bit obscure i'm gonna go with my book character uh shockingly enough i'm gonna choose one from harry potter but not shockingly i'm gonna choose barty crouch jr um so I thought you might go that route oh uh, about uh, underrated villain he he is not in the series for very long but he shines bright when he is in there um i, I think something easily overlooked is when he's with us in the goblet of, goblet of fire we don't find out until the end and this is a spoiler uh, i i would assume most people listening have know harry potter but but we don't know until the end that he's been impersonating Mad Eye Moody the entire time, and it's it's sometimes difficult to to look back and think about all of the awesome things Mad Eye Moody did, but they weren't Mad Eye Moody; they were Barty Crouch Jr. Mm-hmm. When he turns Malfoy into a ferret and like sends him flying up into the air and crashing back down, just terrorizing him, we're rejoicing. We're like, wow, this is the most awesome professor ever. He actually <laughs> teaches the kids defense against the dark arts something not many instructors did throughout the the series and besides maybe lupin um and he did a really good job of it because he's a death eater um and he's he's just super he he plays moody really well and it it actually makes me think about like how well do i even know mad eye moody because most of what we know of him is from that book and it's barty crouch jr um lastly he's one of voldemort's most competent uh like servants that he has he actually executed his plan very well worked hard and was one of the main reasons Voldemort got brought back to life and and it's all him um I I think it's kind of unclear but he does get Dementor's kiss after being captured in in season or sorry not season four in uh in book four Harry Potter and that's that's tough that's a that's a tough way to go out and he's just gone from the series at that point yeah, he, he got the shaft in the movie. You know, they didn't really give him time to flesh out that character. And I guess they probably figured he's only going to be in one movie and one that's already, you know, pretty long. They probably had other priorities. But, you know, they could have they could have shifted some things around and given him a little more development and screen time. I would love to see that because, like you said, he's, he's a great character in the book. And then he's just kind of a super important movie character, but he's just kind of there in a sense. Um so one of the cases where book character it just completely overshadows the movie. Yeah, <clears throat> Chris, I could not agree more with that. Your your uh, Mad Eye Moody comment honestly just threw me for a huge loop. I never thought about that because <laughs> I I mean I've always loved Moody, but when you really think about it, like you just said, uh, how how do we really know him? It's from the Goblet of Fire. So I think that that's a great point. <clears throat> I think um, as well him him being a villain, it goes back to what I said earlier. It's, he executed his plan. And that, that's a good, uh, it's a great quality of a villain. And then the one other comment I'll say is that, like you said, Chris, the him and and Draco, like that scene or or that um, excerpt from the book is great because you think it's Moody, 
but it's obviously not in the end. And so that makes me wonder, like, does he hate Lucius Malfoy? Like, what? It's, it's probably fun for him in a way, just being like, oh, Lucius Malfoy, here's his son. Like, see you later, ferret time. I think that that's pretty cool, or, or has been. Um, when I think back on it, it's it's fun to kind of think about the theories of what, what could be going on through his head at that time. Yeah, I love you pointing out the fact that he actually taught something against you know against the dark arts which i didn't even like think about until you said that there because that's more than most of the other professors did who taught that subject uh but i mean he you know he wanted to play the part he needed to do that to execute his plan so he did everything he needed to do whether it was he's planning to do that or not and you know he brought voldemort back did it (laughs) one of one of my favorite chapters from that book was uh the scene or the part in the book where he's teaching the kids about the unforgivable curses. I remember reading that and being like, Oh wow, here we go. Harry Potter is getting darker. This is like a darkness upgrade from the kids books. We've, we've grown to love so far. Uh, and like Hamish said, I think uh, book Barty Crouch Jr. Is way better than movie Barty Crouch Jr. The yeah. book does a good job having his dad, uh, Barty Crouch Sr. As more of a main character. And there's an interesting dynamic there as well and a, a bigger payoff when you find out that he's been mad eye the whole time so yeah underrated often forgot about i i think he's he's awesome in the harry potter series yeah i think <clears throat> complete side note but that that reminded me kuna of like when you said the darkness comment of harry potter and i mean maybe uh, now i'm just rambling but maybe at some point we'll do a harry potter pod get kuna back on here but um <clears throat> yeah you gotta I, get I Neil it, to finish the books first. Yeah, I'm, yeah, uh, of course, yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm halfway through number two. I'm making I'm making good work in my mind. I am. <laughs> yeah, but but I think that that the darkness part, Kuna, just like kind of triggered something in my brain. I think it's very, and in a way, I guess you could say we were lucky in our age group or how old we are. We kind of grew up with the characters, mm-hmm. so it was like you get. We were probably like what, fourteen maybe when that book came out ish i'd say probably and so it's like you're yeah you're starting to kind of mature a little bit um like hitting puberty that kind of stuff and so it's like oh the books are turning like you know they're turning into um, teenagers and things like that so it was was fun to uh kind of witness that in in real time so to speak sure i hear you derek i i think uh, neil i'm proud of you for actually going and reading all the books i hope you finish finish this but it's it's harder for people who just watch the movies and then as adults read the books like you said derek it's it's a cool thing growing up with the books. And I feel like we were just the right age to actually grow up with the characters as we read them. But Neil, it's so worth it. You will, you will love it as you, as you keep going. I, have, I fully intend to finish them all. Yeah. Yeah. Kunez, not to speak for Neil, but he, I know he mentioned, I think maybe last week or the one before that reading the books, um, uh, I guess, again, Neil, you, you can speak for yourself, but, but like reading the books, it sounds like it's pretty enjoyable for you. Yeah. For me, it's, I'm able to put a, like, you know, I guess it takes away from the imagination from reading books too. But for me, I'm able to picture a face when someone's talking, which I, I kind of enjoy that in a sense. Cause not only it's their face, their like tone of voice and like the way like Snape says stuff in like a snarky way. I just have him picturing that him saying that in my mind. So, I mean, I kind of, I kind of like that, but it does take away from a lot of times with, you know, like kids books, like the imagination of what people look like and what they sound like. All right, so Barty Crouch Jr. off the board. Neil, you're back up. So next one, I just have my wild cards left here. I'm basing it off a recent 
conversation we had, whether what's uh, what's scarier, the ocean or the space or space. I know <laughs> Hambidge and uh, Hambidge and Dirk went with the ocean. Kuna, I don't know where you lie on that. Um, but so for this one, I'm going to go with Jaws. You're going to need a bigger boat. So I feel like it's a lot of people's worst nightmare. What lies in the depths of the ocean? Obviously, with you two putting out that answer. But when you think about it, when you're out there, you're unprotected, you're out of your element because you're used to having, you know, solid land to walk on. So Jaws really has the home court advantage here. And it's someone you can't communicate with, with the shark, you know, like there's no way of bargaining, you know, he's just out for blood. So there's really not much you can do about it. And when the movie came out, it, uh, it really deterred a lot of people like in real life about going to the beach and going to the ocean. Like it really like, mess with people's minds in that sense as well and like i feel like a movie villain doing that kind of you know is a pretty iconic that's a great pick i i had him on the on my short list as well um just such a good movie and they do it so they use the shark so well they don't really you don't really see it in full very often not until late and there are other reasons for that but it ended up playing really well into the tension building of this killer shark that's out there and you know jaws is just i mean the terrifying quintessential film villain so big big props on that pick well done didn't think you had it in you i've actually never seen jaws um i should i should do it but uh i i can imagine how scary it is for the record i would weigh in with the ocean is scarier than space um Love you, Kuno. I, just, I don't get that like so not to not to go back to what you guys already talked about but you there are known creatures in the ocean that are can just mess you up if you're floating on the surface of the ocean and and there's just depths below you like anything can come up which is why jaws is so scary space we don't know anything about space even if there is some crazy aliens and stuff we don't know that they're even going to come attack us they could be friendly they they could be light years away from us and they're we're never going to see that that's what makes it the most scary you You don't know you can't just but you can't just take a casual trip to space and have something terrible to happen, but you can just go to the beach one day and Jaws happens. But yeah. Jaws is a known, fa- not Jaws, but sharks are a known factor. You know they're there. You know what to, how to avoid them. Stay on the land. Yeah. They're you just can hanging be out anywhere. You can go hang out though. Dude, I bet you can't you just right choose now. to go to space for the weekend. I but the aliens right can now. come to us. There's a Jaws on the very bottom depths of the ocean walking around. And if something happens, uh, walking, walking he, around. he or she could come on up and be like, oh, hey, Neil, do you really want to keep talking about this right now? And just, <laughs> just eat, you. Just eat mm. you. I mean, it's very far-fetched, but I'm just so glad that Christopher J. Kuna uh, went with Ocean. It's the right yeah, it, choice. It's the right I guess choice. I'm just going to be a minority Neil, here with that one. It's okay to be wrong, Neil. We all are sometimes. Oh, that's great. And Neil, this is why I love you I too. Think... You know, stick to what you believe in. Even though you're wrong, stick to what you believe in. <laughs> all right. I think Neil maybe wants to move on from this <laughs> onslaught here. So I'll... I, I won, I won it, the argument. So was... you guys are just. You guys are just it's scratching and clawing at this point. It was a great pick. I, I, Jaws is a is a very good pick for sure. It's a truly good pick. It was on it was on my honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I've got my TV and one more wild card left. I'm gonna go TV, and has a little bit of a connection to Neil's Corella Deville pick. I'm going from The Simpsons. One C Montgomery Burns. Good choice. 
I mean, dude's a billionaire, but that's not enough for him. He just always trying to scheme his way into more money, more power. He builds this huge disc to block out the sun to make the entire town dependent on his nuclear power plant just forever, basically. Um, he tries to steal candy from babies, literally. Um, he also pulls the Corella DeVille, tries to steal some puppies to make coats. Um, does result in what I think is the best Simpsons song they've ever done, See My Vest. Just fantastic. Little Beauty and the Beast playing there as well. They do a ton of songs throughout the series, but See My Vest is just the best for me. And, you know, he steals oil from the elementary school when they strike oil. You know, it's a cartoon. Just look past that part. But he siphons that off because he wants the money for himself. He's just always out for himself. You know, his his loyal manservant, basically, Mr. Smithers, treats him like, like, like trash for most of the time. And... Like Neil said, uh, I can't remember who it was, but when a villain can make you laugh, it helps too. He's a he's a car- cartoon comedy character. He's great. He's he's hilarious. Perfect pick. I've been watching The Simpsons basically my entire life, so I had to get somebody from the good old town of Springfield on my list somewhere. I I <clears throat> I completely agree. He was on my list, but I have to say I love that comment just now. Perfect pick. <laughs> he is a perfect pick. He is. I agree with you. It's it's. I mean that's that's the that's the villain in The Simpsons, iconic yeah. TV show. He's the villain. It's a it's a great pick. And like for him, like all these villains have their motives, and like his is money, yeah. and money brings out the worst in a lot of people. And watching him, yeah, it's comedy for us, but you know, it's it's mm-hmm. hell for the rest of Springfield. I, I appreciate the pick. I, I'm not a big Simpsons viewer, but uh, I appreciate that you went with a comedy villain. I think there are. Yeah tons of great comedy villains out there uh, and no one's really done that yet yep agreed all right dirk round four and five finish off your your draft here all right so i have two wild cards left and i'm going with number one commodus from the gladiator the movie i think he is such a he, he is back to what seems to be a common theme you hate to hate him i remember this was i probably was like i don't know 12 maybe it's a couple years after it came out the first r-rated movie i'd ever seen and i remember not really knowing what's going on going on in the movie but just knowing that joaquin phoenix commodus was just awful and anytime he was on screen it's like this this dude is terrible i hated him and then watching it again when I was older, I still hated him. <clears throat> he's he's psychotic, unpredictable. He didn't know he, he, you didn't know what he was going to do. He clearly abuses on his his power once he got it. Not only that, but he just completely lusted after his own sister. And the fact that he just kills his father, like okay, dude, you can't. You know, he, his father is going to pick Maximus to take over the throne, take over as emperor just kills him all right well that's not great then he just continuing on in the movie all he really cares about at least at least in the movie it's just he's he's bloodlust he loves nothing more than just watching people die right in front of him right in front of his people in in the um, coliseum but then on top of it or, or i guess i should say to top it off he engineers maximus's execution before entering the coliseum calling it a fair fight like that that dude is such a villain and it was just so satisfying of course maximus dying 
and I'm sorry, spoilers for anybody that hasn't seen it. Spoiler alert. But um, that's like a 20 year old movie. Yeah, it's an old man movie. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Hamblin. But you know, he's like, oh, fair fight, fair fight. It's his arch rival, his arch nemesis, and he just, of course, not a fair fight, kills him. It's terrible, and and Maximus, you know, thank God, gets the best of him in the end, and I guess you could say has a, a happy ending, so to speak, for him. But it just eh, happy. Happy might be putting yeah, maybe not happy, a strong word he, on it. I like to think of him seeing his his wife and child, you know, at the end as happy. But I mean, that dude through and through, terrible, horrible, just a villain that that. I, again, I saw it when I was young. Gave me nightmares. I did not like him at all. Gladiator is such a good movie, and and he's a big reason why. Um, yeah. as you've already talked about i'll never forget watching that for the first time and and you learn that he's going to fight maximus in the end and you're you're excited uh but you just have this dreadful feeling okay what's the catch <laughs> and then he goes and just stabs maximus as he's chained up in in the cell and you're just like oh yeah. just all the, the hate you feel for him yeah. in that moment is all right dirk close out your draft here all right, my second wild card pick. I heard Neil mention it. I was getting a little worried <clears throat> he was going to pick it. But I'm going with Scar, 1994 animated film Scar. He, I think, is, is a different type of villain. He has charisma, likability. He's funny. He's kind of, you know, he's suave in a way. He is, he's, when, he, when he's singing um, the, Be Prepared, the Be Prepared song, it's kind of like a like a motivational war speech in a way. He's he's getting people going. He's like kind of funny. He's all over the place, animated. Um, but when you really boil it down, he created a plan <clears throat> to murder his brother, which he succeeded in. Placed the blame on his on his nephew. Succeeded in it. Sent hyenas to murder his nephew. Nephew. For me, it comes back to the the whole <clears throat> definition of a villain, even though it's temporary. Because obviously, spoilers. Simba, Simba kills him, but he succeeded in being the king. Like, you know, he was the king for at least a little while. Killed his brother. Did not succeed in being the king, though. Well, you know what I mean. He was in his, in his mind, he yeah, probably did. For a while, Pride Rock was. Pride Rock scary. has seen better days. It has seen better days, but his plan for him, it worked. And I mean, that dude's terrible. He's horrible. He killed, like I said, he kills his brother. You know, sends hyenas after his nephew, places the blame on him, and he becomes king, so to speak. And I think that, especially in a Disney movie, that that dude is just he's terrible. But I will say the 1994. I mean, I like the live action movie as well, but the 1994 version of Scar was just he was amazing. He had so much charisma; it was great. No, Dirk, you're right. He he had a plan. And it was fully executed. I don't think he had an idea of how long he'd be king for. He was right. he was just happy just to be king, and he went all the way through with it. Which a lot of villains in these movies, like their plan doesn't go all the way through, but his did, mm-hmm. and he had the whole freaking jungle doing whatever he says. Every time I watch the scene of Mufasa dying and him betraying him, I think he's not going to do it this time. Like, <laughs> how, how is he even yeah. going to die? And then he just like scratches his paws and throws yep. them off and just dread, just this dreadful feeling every next time you watch it, no matter, even though you know it's coming. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I watched the live action one again recently and I thought the same thing, Kuna. Like, come on, don't do it. Still have not watched the live action one. I don't know. They, they just don't do it for me. I kind of stopped with that. 
Yeah. Pretty good. This I think that one did a pretty good job. It's, yeah. it's not the original, but it's good. All right. So I think for mine to close it out, or close out my draft at least. One more wild card. I think I'm going back to the TV well and very pumped this character fell. Although I don't think any of you have seen the show. I'll be pumped if you have though. Um Villanelle from Killing Eve. I know Killing Eve, but not that, I watched it. I have it. not, no. So it's it's a great show, but it's it's on uh, the BBC, and then it is on Hulu. Um, so if you do have Hulu, you can catch up on on the full series now. But she is like an international assassin, um, but she's like goofy and like funny and playful in it. And she has this, I would call it maybe a, a twisted delight in the in the work she does. And she just like has fun killing people. It seems like. And it's, it's similar to Dexter in the sense, like the character Dexter, in the sense that there's this person doing horrible things, but you kind of find yourself rooting for them. And that in a, in a different sense, like, yeah, she's a, an assassin. She isn't the good guy, so to speak, in the show. But, you know, maybe she is in, 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 a, in another way, if you, depending on how you look at it. And she's got really surprising depth to the character as, as the show goes on. Um, and the, the kind of push and pull she has with Sandra O's oh Eve character is, you know, some of the best, one of the best dynamics on TV and villain, not just a great villain, but she's one of my favorite TV characters of all time. I, I think Chris, especially, I think would really like the show, particularly season one. Um, but she's just a phenomenal character. I, I love it so much. Um, can't wait for it to come back, you know, kind of cruise through each season as it comes out, but don't know if you guys have much to add, if you depending on how much you know, know the show or not, but I'll have to give it a try. Ba- based on what you said, any any character you can relate to Dexter and, and explain how you're cheering for that character because they have some interesting motivations is something I can get behind. I'll, I'll yeah, have to check out season one. And each season I think is only eight episodes. Um so it's you know forty five to an hour, but you can still zip through it pretty quickly. Nice. All right, Neil. All right, I'm going to end it out. I have my other wild card here. Uh, I'm going to go into Stranger Things with the shadow the shadow monster here. Mm-hmm. So when we were first introduced to this thing, we don't, we don't know what it is, and we don't know like what its, what its motives, what it wants. So that kind of makes it even more scary in a way. Like No one knows what to do or what to give it in a sense to go away. And not only that, it introduces us to the upside down, which is like, a whole nother villain as well where it's like it's pretty frightening to go into the upside down like no one wants to be there and on top of that the shadow monster is a very frightening looking creature to be clear are we talking about the demigorgon or the mind flayer here oh that's a good question we'll go with the demigorgon okay yeah i i like the pick i think uh I've uh, I've also written a lot about Stranger Things on on the news from the Couch Vlog. Um, I thought the Demigorgon was a really good villain. Season one was kind of groundbreaking for Stranger Things, and it just was very captivating in this really cool villain that you don't know anything about, and it's it's from this other world. The Upside Down is is really cool and mysterious, and yeah, it's very scary. Yeah, it's a good pick. Um, you know, Stranger Things is a, I like the show a lot. Season one especially. Um, like Chris said, ground kind of groundbreaking, just really just good cast of you know, collection of characters, including Demi Gorgon and, and other villains too, to some degree. But 
I wouldn't mind seeing them kind of go back to the well a little bit season four, depending on what direction they want to go. Don't know how likely that'll be at this point, but that was a, a really good kind of first one-off first villain um, to just kind of hit the ground running with. Yeah. Do we know what, what's the time period for this fourth season? Like where, where are they, where are they supposed to be at in life? I don't know. Cause um, spoiler for anyone who hasn't watched season three yet, but um the police officer, I'm blanking on his name. I think he's Hopper. He was, Hopper. Hopper. Yeah. He was confirmed alive, I think, as the American in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. I'm gonna correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I can't I can't see them doing too much of a time jump on that because kind of that story is gonna be how he got there and how he's gonna survive is kind of skip past that. Mm-hmm. It would wouldn't make much sense if they just all of a sudden he's just back with the and you know with the main cast yeah but i would imagine it'll be it'll be more or less directly picking up there with maybe a couple weeks or a couple months but i don't think i've seen anything definitively saying one way or the other yeah i'm drawing a blank on what what's the the town that they live in what's it called again i don't know we're all we're all drawing a blank here too (laughs) but i gotta imagine with season four they're they're kind of expanding on that horizon where like so the first three three seasons just based in that town where you know you you have Hopper over there, and you um you get some people move away at the end of the third season too. So I feel like it's got to kind of be a little bit all over the place in this fourth one here. Hawkins, Hawkins. That's Indiana. it, Hawkins. All right, Dirk. I'm sorry, Chris. Last pick of Finish the draft. Close us out here. I uh I'm ex- this is the one I was most excited to talk about. Um, uh, it's it's no one's gonna see this coming either. Um, so this is my movie pick. Um. And I'm going to go with Tony Perkis from the movie Heavyweights. Oh, look! A deli meat! Um, great, great pick. I, I Dirk, love it. Before I get into this, Dirk and Neil, have you seen this movie? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. So I decided to rewatch Heavyweights a couple days ago because I feel like I had to, and it was, it, was, it was as good as I remember it. So for those who don't know, Tony Perkis is a a fitness junkie who is who has acquired a children's summer camp for fat kids to lose weight and he's trying to make money off of the fat kids by videoing them doing all of their thing all of their exercises and things they do um hoping they lose weight and have a good time doing it but what he's really done is he's ruined this awesome summer camp that these kids have been going to for years and he's he's just a nightmare um he, uh, some of my, so I have some quotes prepared. Um, w- one of the first things you, you hear from him is an announcement, uh, to the campers. Um, give me a second. I need, I need to find it here. Uh, all right. It's, uh, it's time to wake up campers. Today is evaluation day. The key word here is value. Do you have any? Not yet, but before summer's over, this camp's going to be filled with skinny winners. Um, uh, just he's he's just such a goon um another another quote is that is phenomenal is uh attention campers lunch has been canceled due to lack of hustle deal with it um one of my one of my other favorite scenes is uh they have like a like a weigh-in day where where the kids all are going onto a scale and they're seeing how much weight they've lost over the uh, last few weeks but really the kids have been getting food from from an outside source and been pigging out so they're they're they haven't lost any weight at all so he he goes uh 
tells the kid, he's like, all right, step on the scale. And then immediately he just steps on the scale. It's just, you hear the clunk and he's, all right, step, step off the scale. It's just, just furious. Um, but uh, he's, he's one of my favorite comedy actors uh, and villains. And I, I, I wanted to cheat actually and take Ben Stiller in all of his villain roles. I, I considered seeing if that would fly. Um, the other ones being, White Goodman from Dodgeball yep, and, yep. and the elderly caretaker in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> but oh my God, Ben Stiller as a villain is, is my favorite. He, he crushes I, those roles. Like you said, all three of those that you mentioned are just dynamite, just pure gold and through. Yeah, and like yeah. in no in no way he's he's like in the Happy Gilmore, you know, he's not the lead of the movie, but he really just embraces that villain role in, in all these in all these movies and you know you got to appreciate that you know because most of the things he's in he's the main guy but in these you know takes a step back and really really fills in the shoes that are needed for that yeah i agree i kuna i almost did dodgeball uh it, it was a close call i'm glad you brought that up because he as 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 it's been said but he absolutely kills those roles it's incredible all right, well, that will complete the draft. So let me just run through where we finished at. Dirk has Dolores Umbridge from the Harry Potter book series, Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs, Cersei Lannister, TV version, Game of Thrones, Commodus from Gladiator, and Scar from the animated Lion King, specifically. I've got Amy Dunn from Gone Girl, the book version, Thanos from the MCU, Alonzo Harris from Training Day, Mr. Burns from The Simpsons, Villanelle from Killing Eve. Neil's got the Trinity Killer or Arthur Mitchell from Dexter, Gollum, Lord of the Rings, the book version, Cruella DeVille, the animated 101 Dalmatians, and Jaws the Shark from Jaws, and the Shadow Monster, Demi Gorgon from Stranger Things. Chris has Professor Moriarty, the Sherlock TV version. Ramsey Bolton, Game of Thrones, TV version. Negan, Walking Dead, TV version. Barty Crouch Jr., Harry Potter, book version. And Tony Perkis from Heavyweights, a movie pick. Any thoughts, comments, criticisms on any of these teams here? Picks you got snaked away from you that you maybe wish you had or picks you second-guessing on yourself? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that I won. So I just I just want to throw it out there. We'll Dude, I knew we brought you on for a reason. Comedic you just some some comedy thrown in there. Yeah, I'm just gonna ignore that comment since you know it's not relevant. But you know, I think with Dirk taking Dolores, it really threw me on a threw me in a loop for my whole my whole draft process here. I don't dislike my team, but I felt like it's not as good as it could be. I'm confident. I'm confident. I like mine a lot because I actually went through and these are the five that I wanted to get. So the fact that I was able to get the exact five that I was targeting, even if no one else took that the best team, in my mind, that's a pretty, it's a well-prepped draft. I, I also got the five I, I prepped beforehand too. Um, it's so someone... fu- Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's so funny you both say that since your answers were terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that's kidding. the guy who who wanted my Amy Dunn pick. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I can't believe a certain villain did not get taken. I thought would be a first round pick is uh, is the Joker from the yep. Dark Knight. Um, I I wanted I considered taking him, but I thought he'd be taken. And I just wanted to talk about all the other 
characters. Yeah. But no, I, think, like, I was looking at that, and I mean, we can we can go over some honorable mentions or some that you maybe were were torn between. But when you go through, I mean, obviously there's basically an infinite number of of choices. Um, so like one one route I was maybe gonna go was kind of a, a humorous route the entire way. So I was looking at Jeremy Jam from Parks and Rec, uh, Doug Judy from Brooklyn Nine Nine, um, Grandpa Joe from Willy Wonka and the Choc- Chocolate Factory. You don't think about that one, guys. I'm, that's a good one. That's, no, dude, that that's dude is the one. worst. We, we could probably <laughs> talk. Sit- we could probably do an whole episode on him. <laughs> He's he lies in bed for decades. <laughs> forcing his family to buy him tobacco while they're literally eating cabbage water for dinner every night. Then all of a sudden at, at the very beginning of the movie, he decides to give up tobacco and acts like it's this great, big, generous offer. It's like, dude, you've been smoking tobacco for, for how long? Hey, Mitch, I mean, I've that dude sucks. That before, not as intensely as you have. I'm so, no, I, I, I'm so I just, I actually just up. rewatched it over the weekend and then when they're at the chocolate factory, he makes these little like snide comments as as each kid goes through their incident, I guess. And he's basically saying, "Yeah, yeah, you deserve it. You're 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 little shit. You you deserve it. You got what was coming to you." I mean, that Grandpa Joe is he he's a he's a scumbag. No, like once Charlie gets the ticket, like not only can he magically stand up, he does a whole musical number afterwards. It's like yeah. get get out of here with that. Like you you sat in bed while yeah. There. Oh God! No, it's true. It's true. I ju- I just I, I've thought about that before, and I completely agree. But I love Hamage going off on a little rant here. Just scumbag. <laughs> yeah, he is. Then the the other pick that that I really contemplated to kind of go off the beaten path for sure would be a book pick from Jurassic Park. But none of the dinosaurs, but just like the the human scientist hubris of thinking they can do this and not having having to blow up in their faces just just the arrogance of like yeah we'll bring back dinosaurs nothing bad can happen from this that's wow. clever I, I like that I, I feel like there are some some other cool things you could have done i was wondering if anyone was going to do any like real life villains of, of yeah like a yeah i feel like this was such a category i thought about that but it, it, it wouldn't <laughs> have been probably as fun to talk about like mm-hmm. a, a ted bundy like character who's yeah. actually real but, yeah it's such or, a character. like like this like the Zodiac movie, yep. obviously it's a really good movie, but it wouldn't necessarily want to pick that real life person to to come onto my onto my squad. Absolutely it's, not. It's a category that you can really break down, and we we could have you know dive dove into it a little bit more if, if we wanted to. But I think that we need to keep going forward with more rankings and drafts. Drafts drafts are a staple. They're they're super fun. And we'll we'll definitely have some more going forward. Not not every week, you know, keep it fresh, but we'll come up with some other ideas um, to, to 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 put out there. Um, good, great one to have have guests on for. Uh, Chris, lastly, did you do you consider taking any Survivor players? Uh yes, I I actually discussed this with with Jared quite a bit. Um, I did consider it. Um, he he thought uh, Johnny Fairplay was I think would be a great a great person to take for Survivor. Um, I'm trying to remember. I, I think I, I would probably take Russell uh, if if I took a Survivor player. Um, he's just just a beast, and he's just such a dick to everyone, though. So he, so he can never win. But but he's great. Thought about it. Yeah, John, Johnny Fairplay would have been a great pick. If you don't watch Survivor, don't know Johnny Fairplay, just just go to YouTube and search Johnny Fairplay Grandma, and this solidified him as a legend. I won't say any more than that because this one, even though it's 
15, 20 years old now, I think, depending on the exact year. If you don't watch the show, you probably don't don't know about this. So just search it. It'll be maybe a five or 10 minute clip. It's it's incredible. So good. So good. All right. Any any last minute thoughts before we close out the draft here? Um, I want to give two quick honorable mentions. We don't need to go into depth here. Um, I, I feel like I need to mention Kaiser Soze from the usual suspects. Uh, another, another of our friends, Kenny really wanted me to draft him and I, I wanted to rewatch the movie and draft him, but I didn't get around to it. Um, and then also the Riddler Kevin from Spacey in here anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Riddler from that, the old Batman movies, not cause he's awesome. The but... Jim Carrey. The Jim Carrey Riddler, yes, just because he's, if I were if I were a villain in a in a anything, I would be the Riddler. As, as you, I, you know, I, I wish you would have picked him so we could just hear the quotes that you would have said yeah. and how ridiculous you would have sounded saying them. <laughs> I agree. I agree with both those. My one honorable mention will be movie or book. I would say book is worse. Annie Wilkes from Misery. I recently watched that movie this past Christmas and she fucking sucks. Excuse my language, but she is and she's even worse in the book. So that's that's my honorable honorable mention. I've never seen that, but I've heard good things, Dirk, and, and I've I've seen clips of her and I know what Yeah, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it. I know what she does that is horrible. I think Neil would like that movie a lot, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I right got a that. funny feeling I won't based off your tones here. <laughs> All right. Well, that was a great first draft on on the Gnome Boys here. Like I said, we'll definitely get some more going. If you got any ideas you want to see us draft on, we will certainly take any any and all suggestions. Um, hopefully, we've been doing this for a long time, so we'll hopefully get through a lot. But before we close out, as always, we've got our hey hand, and we'll let Chris start us off. Excellent. I'm so excited for this. Um, going going with a villain's theme since we've been talking about it. We'll start with hey Hambage. Who is a bad villain you can think of? Someone who thinks they're solid, but just just isn't. And while you think about this, I'm going to go first. Is a, I think really just a horrible villain is, is, is King Boo from the Mario video game franchise. Like, just, he, he wants to be Bowser, but at the end of the day, he's not. And he, he tries to mess with the Mario, and I think anyone who even likes him or associates with him is, is just garbage and, and really a lucky and, and just a terrible person. So, Kuna, we'll see this where you're wrong with this. You definitely asked that question just so you could give that answer and throw shade at Neil, and I, I have the utmost respect for that. Neil, what do you think about that? I don't want to take away from the Hey Hambage theme here, but, okay, Boo is someone who is untouchable. Whether when you're looking at him, you can't touch him. When you look away, he pretty much haunts you down. Like he's already dead. You can't kill what's already dead. They can go through walls, lava, and pretty much anything. Like there's no way you're getting rid of him. Like what is more frightening than that? Bowser, you can beat him in the game. Bro, Boo, no. It's Bro. just lingering around. You look at King Boo in the eyes and he cannot move a muscle. What kind of horrible, uh, like, disadvantage is that? You just got to – he's slow. All you got to do is run around him and punch him in the tail, and boom, he's done. King Boo is a joke. That's all I got to say. All right, well, I'll, I'll bring it back around here. Uh, what do you two... think this is about you or what? I do, actually, 100%. <laughs> 
I've got two answers, and because they're very similar characters. Um, two I considered if I'd gone kind of the more lighthearted, funny route, but it's going to be Assistant Principal Richard Vernon from The Breakfast Club and Vice Principal Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. <laughs> Those guys, they're great characters, but they're, they're just scrubs. They're, get, they're getting clowned by high school kids for an hour and a half, just left and right. They just can't catch a break. I mean, Rooney just gets tossed at the end of that movie by by the dogs and everything else and and vernon you know those i mean he thinks he's got the power but you know the breakfast club always prevails over him i mean those, those are two characters that i think if you're looking at them as villains they they definitely are a case of they think they're solid but they're not i'll hop on next here hey hambitch are you a believer in the five second rule for food oh. <laughs> not Always, sometimes. It's a yes or no question. It's it's not because it depends what the food is. If, if so, if if I drop like a potato chip on the floor and I pick it right up, I'll probably still eat that. But if I drop, you know, if I'm eating like pancakes with some syrup on it and a little piece falls on the floor, probably not going to want to pick up pick you know pick that up and just throw it back in my mouth because that's probably got some some nasty stuff on it. What if the pancakes dry side down? I'd probably have to inspect it first. See what I can wipe <laughs> off. And then make a judgment call. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <clears throat> All right. Hey, Ambridge, what's the funniest thing you've witnessed in the last three months? Ooh. Give or take, give or take. In the last three months. Um, <laughs> this is actually perfect that Chris is on. Um, so this isn't, this isn't going to be funny to a wide range of people. But and for those who are there and know what we're talking about, it's hilarious. So we were playing Mario Party. Um, and there, there are these dual mini games and you can battle, battle stars or battle four star, I should say. And it's a randomizer on the, on what game it is. And Chris was going against our other friend, one of my roommates, Casey, and the game was rope. It's just complete luck. You, you pick a rope. One person will land on a pedestal. One person will fall into the abyss and lose. And and Chris hates that game mostly because it's it's all luck. There's zero skill involved, and there's nothing he can do. Fate is entirely out of his hands. And of course, you know he's screaming at the TV as it, as it goes through. And Casey won, stole a star from Chris. We all we all freaked out in happiness. Chris was was furious. And those those are always just hilarious moments because Chris Chris is all about calculating, playing the odds in his favor, and he had no chance. Let it also be known there that. Whenever I am in a game like Get a Rope or even like the like the Chance Time or the Miracle Space, there's there's always this eruption of happiness from everyone who isn't me because they know that there's just this chance that I'm going to lose and and they know they cannot hang with me otherwise. And so I mean that's just not true anymore. It used to be they can't hang, but it's just it's just not true. We they, just embrace the chaos. How Maybe. humble of you. Yeah, I'm just I'm just a realist, Neil. <laughs> all right i got oh, my last back. one here oh sorry go ahead all right in the wizarding world of harry potter what is one spell you wish you could perform one spell i would probably say can't remember what the spell is but the the one that lets you apparate anyone know what that is here i don't think it's a name i think you just do it you don't know yeah. there's no incantation you just you just apparate. yeah i'm with Kuna. but yeah that, that, that would probably be the one Right, Kuna? 
and him. You wouldn't want to go with a little Wingardium Leviosa. Yeah, come on, Hambun. <laughs> no, think I'll of just all teleport that. myself. This goes back to episode one. My superpower would be teleportation. This is basically that. You, are For we sure going to get back into that, that argument again? Wingardium you don't have to. Leviosa. Mm, yes, Leviosa. Okay. Um, good question. All right, all right. I got, I got another one if we're ready for it. Um, Hit me. All right, one more, one more on the villains theme. So, if you were a super villain, how would you terrorize the world? And again, as you think of it, I have a good example. Um, I'm going to say, if Dirk were a super villain, he would have this magic camera that took pictures of people. And whenever he did so, they would immediately be doing something bar- embarrassing and, and maybe that they regret. Dude, so, I, ha- I already have that. I know. I, I wonder if you have a power <laughs> or not. Also, you, you're welcome to have like a power if you want. This I thing. didn't realize you're a superhero, Dirk. Well, a super, super villain. villain. Yeah, I didn't want it to come out this way, but uh, yeah, there it is. I don't know. It seems kind of pretty hero of him to have that all on camera. I don't know about a villain. Depends your sp- perspective, I suppose. I mean, you yeah, are King Boo, so you're a villain yourself, so. This is definitely not one I've thought about, at least not in that way before. Um, or to terrorize the world, how would I do it? I have an answer for uh, you if you're struggling. You an answer for me? I do, I do. Um, all right, well, I, well, I think, give, give me your answer, and I'll see if I like it or not. So I, I think it's pretty obvious. I, I think, like, either instant death or something terrible that happens to anyone who has, who says something grammatically horribly incorrect like like going back to your pet peeves like like something that you just can't stand um or like 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 if someone um writes out you're incorrectly with the apostrophe missing you know like that's that's kind of unforgivable and yeah i I think the world might be a better place in your eyes with, with some of those people gone Oh, I think I know what I would do actually. That's a little extreme. Obviously, supervillains are the extreme, but I don't know if I'd go that far. But I think what I would do is I would anytime someone like pissed me off or got under my skin, I would just magically teleport them to one of the number of just horrible like customers I've dealt with at work. And it would just be like a grab bag of a selection of those X amount and they'd just be with them and they would just be talking the ear off yelling at them and just then leave them there for some amount of time i don't know about eternity but good few hours or a couple days i liked it like a locked like jail cell or something where they just yeah there's just yeah there's just no escape non-stop complaining good i like that all right hey ambon if you could live in any person's head for an hour who would you pick and why interesting I might go with hey, hey, I should Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, okay, great. I was going to preface just it be with... like just, just to kind of experience what a life like that would be like, what he thinks about as he's on his on his yacht with his smoking hot girlfriend and all of his money and huge house and being in awesome movies with with Brad Pitt and Quentin Tarantino and everything. Yeah, I think you just, just kind uh... of experience what, what what like he's thinking as yeah. he as his life is just just killer yeah that made me like, think does, does he realize how scene. awesome his life is or is he cocky about it he take it for granted how's he view it fair fair good answer all right, I, got, closer? I got one more, more. I got all, right. One more. all right um hey ambage if you were hired to write a sequel 
to anything you wanted, what would you pick? Assuming right. you would not ruin whatever you chose. Um, yeah, it can be any sequel. It can be a sequel of something that already has sequels, just, just any, any kind of sequel. Um, and again, as you think, I have provided my own answer uh, for everyone's enjoyment. Uh, I would write the sequel to Happy Gilmore. And uh, it would basically be Happy Gilmore navigating the world of professional tennis because we, many of us play tennis here. Um, I would get Nick Kyrgios to consult. Uh, that's-, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good answer especially with the, with the curios throwing um sequel I definitely thought about this i don't know if i have a great answer right off the top um dirk or neil do you have do you have an answer on what you would do i'm at a loss for this one i want to hear your answer first Tambon. okay I'm trying to think of what i've watched recently maybe that would be a uh, good for that I was thinking a lot about this as I was thinking about the question and, and it, it's hard because you think of some of your favorite movies, TV shows, books that, that you right. like. Can, I, can you say it again? Yeah, if, if you could write any sequel to anything, a sequel, and it, it can be something that already has multiple parts. What but it doesn't you, mess up. Right. And, and whatever you do, you're going to be competent enough to, to continue it on in a good way and you, you cannot mess it up. All right. Oh, I, got I, I, got, I can't believe I didn't. I didn't think of this the I first time. Am. I would, Ham, but I think we're going to say the same thing. I would love if we do. I doubt it, though. I would do the next Ocean's movie. Ocean's oh. Eleven is my oh. is my favorite movie of all time. Ocean's Twelve was okay. Ocean's Thirteen is pretty good. Ocean's Eight was maybe average. I would I would do another Ocean's movie, and knowing that I couldn't mess it up, it would at least be good. That is for sure, for sure what I would do. Good answer. <clears throat> I'm going to roll with everybody wants some. Ooh, maybe like them in their their uh, early work life in the young twenties. Yep, I mean, there's there's just so many because because if you think about it, and as Chris knows, and all the listeners out there know, we did the podcast on it, and <clears throat> it's technically just their first weekend, right? So there's so True. many possibilities going on in that movie. Yeah, you got you, you got a lot this, of time to cover. Year. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You could do you could do first weekend. What, what I think I would do is first weekend. You know that movie. I would do last weekend of senior year. I like it. Get on that. Make it happen. Any last ones? You think you guys are good? I am satisfied for the week with my All questions. Good. All good. All right. Well, we've got our our first draft out of the way. Um, we'll work on getting that up on Twitter and Instagram. You guys can comment away. Hopefully on on who you think won, who who kind of dropped the ball a little bit, what what obvious picks we may have missed. Um, again, Twitter, Instagram, gnome, at Gnome Boys Pod. Give us a follow there. Let us know your thoughts on, on the episode, on the on the drafts. We're going to get that out there. And as always, we'll be back next week. Chris, thanks again for hopping on with us this week. We'll definitely have you back again sometime down the line, a few times most likely. So hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we certainly loved having you here. Thank you, guys. I, I had a ton of fun. I, I hope to be back sometime soon. Definitely, Chris. It was great. That was great. And so that leaves us to just uh, sign off here. So for Dirk and Neil and Chris for this week, this is Matt Hambage. We'll see you all next week.